This is Corey, and I'm here with not Martin, but Cody. What's up, guys? And Cody's actually covering for Martin. Martin had a couple of things he needed to um, um, do, so he's going to co- cover with me on this episode of the Stretch Four. Um, and so let's just kind of get into it. Let's do it. Um, the first, you know, we were having this question the other day, and I raised it to you, I raised it to Martin, I raised it to all of our friends. And it was just real simple. It was after the Lakers-Houston game. Mm-hmm. Is Harden great? That's a great question. It's an amazing, amazing question. I feel like you ask different people this question, you'll get different answers. Yeah. I, I'll tell you where I came in at. Mm-hmm. I say no. And the only reason why I say no is Harden is a really good player that has learned to take full advantage of the rules of the game. Yeah. Um, he's not a technical player. He's not a he's not an explosive player. He, you know, he's a really good shooter. Yes. But if you look at his numbers through the years, they're all free throw numbers. Yes, they are. <laughs> and a lot and then a lot of his easy baskets are later in the game where because the defense is either in foul trouble or because he's um he real I mean the defense is kind of kind of iffy on how they're um they're getting called mm-hmm. they end up not playing him as tight as they could and so he gets a lot of garbage baskets so I mean I when I think of great I think of can I put them in my top 10 in their position and I honestly I can't say that I would I don't even think I would have him I mean, if you put him as what a point guard or two guard, if you list him as a two guard, yeah, I think he got to. All right, so if you list him as a two guard, let's be real: is he top five in the NBA right now? Well, I'm going to be completely honest. I don't like his game. Okay, neither do all. I. Neither do I. Yeah. I think, as far as combination of youth, athleticism, shooting ability. He's got the ability to play defense if he would actually try. Yeah. Um, to me, he he has the capability to be a top five player in the league. Yeah. But definitely. he chooses, in my own opinion, he chooses, like you said, to take advantage of getting easy foul calls. And it's going to the line the whole game. And, and I don't want to see a game, honestly, where you're just going to the line every single offensive possession. It's not fun. It's not enjoyable to watch. And... It, I just don't like it. And the fact that the league has come and tried to strip that away so many times, just that he's it's it's hard in real time. And I, I don't blame the refs because in real time, it's real hard for a for a ref to sit there and in a split second we get to see it on replay, yeah. but a split second decide whether it how the contact was. I was talking to um, I saw you guys the other day, and I was like, a lot of times it just seems like he runs as fast as he can, jumps into the defender, and gets a foul, and it's just like. What are we doing here? Mm-hmm. Um, now, I know some people are going to throw back, throw this back at me. James Harden is number one in <laughs> real plus minus yeah. in the point guard section. But what I will say to that is that James Harden's offensive plus um, real plus minus is 6.76, which is incredible. James Harden's defensive real plus minus is negative 
Yeah. Now, there are some guys who are in there in the top 10 for point guards that have that negative real plus minus on defense. You have Steph has a 0.7, negative 0.7. Damian Lillard has negative 1.72, which is atrocious. And yeah. Kemba is negative 1.15. Um, so they're all, all kind of smaller guys. Those are smaller guys. And also those are um, on teams that are actually not – well, then again um, – the Rockets aren't winning as as much either, but they're on teams that I just I don't know. I just I just think with James Harden's size, he should have a more of an impact on defense. And maybe that's asking for too much. Um, but when Kyrie, who is not now, I will say this: yeah. part of that defensive real plus minus is kind of skewed because if you have a defensive minded team, then your real plus your defensive real plus minus always looks better. Yeah, but covered up. yeah, it gets covered up. Yeah. But it's still, I just look at it, it's just like something that's really disappointing. Um, I just don't see him as great. I see him as very good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I don't want to belabor the point. Let us know. Hit us up in the comments. Um, um, or you can email the show at stretch the number four at gmail.com. Let us know if you think James Harden's great. Let us know your argument for why or why not. Um, so you had mentioned you wanted to talk my favorite, um, my favorite conference, I mean, my favorite division in all of basketball and talk about one team in particular. Go on, Mr. Boston. Take your, um, take your lap. Go on, Mr. Boston. Take your lap. I just just want to mention, you know, (laughs) we we talked about this for, you know, a couple days. Boston not looking... As it should, honestly, with all the talent on the team, they were five hundred through the first. Uh, was it the first twenty games? They were ten. And they 10? were over the first. Let's see. They just caught an L, so they were. I think they won eight before that. Yeah. So I think that they were ten and ten over the first twenty. Yeah. So they were ten and, and they, ten on the first twenty, not looking too good, and they couldn't figure out how to score. Honestly, which is crazy. That yeah. They couldn't figure out how to how to score, and then what happened was. Jalen Brown got hurt, mm-hmm. and they moved him to the bench, had him off the bench, and then all of a sudden, eight straight. Yeah, and so, I think part of that too is um, um, Hayward on the bench too. Yeah, mm-hmm. they stopped trying to force things with Hayward, and you're seeing that his game is actually starting to come back. Um, but yeah, it, it, you're seeing that I like Panic Boston a lot better than. Um, then, back, then we're doing good, Boston. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's. I mean, no, no one thought that Boston would be a. The think the thought that Boston would be number five at this point in the season is ridiculous on itself. Um, I think all of us kind of thought that by this point they would either be one or two. Yep. Probably. Um, but. I think that the one thing that Boston still has to face, and and, and let me get your opinion on this, because I think the same thing is true with both Boston and Toronto. Mm-hmm. I personally have don't trust super deep regular season teams because we all know that in the playoffs, it you have to cut it down to a seven or eight. Now, Dwayne Casey stood yeah. by his, I can go deep into my bench, and that got him not only a coach of the year, but no job. No job. <laughs> so so that doesn't yeah. really work. But, 
you know, teams end up, and when you reshuffle, and now you got guys who normally play 15, 20, 25 minutes now having to pay, play 30 minutes because you shortened up that bench. Mm-hmm. I think that throws a kink in how you play versus the teams that always maybe go eight deep, eight, maybe nine during the regular season, then they yeah. just shorten up and go seven for the playoffs. Boston and Toronto are the two teams that I think this is going to be a real big issue for. Mm -hmm. Toronto, I'm seeing now, you're starting to see that where right now they have this weird dynamic where their starters are actually getting outscored by their bench a lot of nights. Yeah, yeah. And I don't understand that at all. Like, to me, that is, you have, and then the other issue is they, in in their effort to keep Kawhi, Mm -hmm. they're over-babying Kawhi. Like they're trying to show we're different than we're different than you know they did in San Antonio. We're going, but the problem is he doesn't play any back to backs. He doesn't play, and it's like okay, you're going to get sixty games out the guy, and how is that going to affect your playoff rhythm? Now, granted, you don't play back to backs in the playoffs, but still, how is that going to affect that rhythm and his his endurance because? He needs to get in real basketball shape. It's kind of yeah. how Embiid was when he yeah. didn't play those back-to-backs. <laughs> yeah. And then he got to the playoffs, and it was just like his conditioning was L'd because it's just like, no, you're going 40 minutes every night. That's true. That's very true. I, I think with the, the the depth of those two teams, I think it's a different dynamic because, uh, with at least with Toronto, for two reasons. One, LeBron is not there anymore. Yeah, I think had they played any other team, they, they wouldn't have gotten months. swept. They might have still lost, but they wouldn't have gotten swept like that. That was embarrassing. Yeah. And I also think with Kawhi, it changes the whole dynamic of that team. To me, that team is is much more dangerous with Kawhi than with the ball. Yeah, I oh definitely that. Um, but I think there's multiple things. There's Kawhi and um and Jeff Green. Um, now I don't know how long Jeff Green can keep at this pace. This yeah. isn't the Jeff Green that we've gotten to know. This is not Jeff Green as a throw in to a Kawhi Leonard trade. Like, if he played like that, he's not the throw into that trade. True. Um, but. Jeff Green was, you know, he always had a lot of promise. Not Jeff Green. Wait. Wait, wait are we thinking about Jeff Green? Who we th- no, we're talking about Danny Green. Danny Green. Danny Green. Oh, I'm like, Jeff Green, Green. Jeff Green is the one who, who like, 10 teams are still, <laughs> like, t- after he's been traded to teams 10 years later, oh, they're still man. trading All picks right, for him. Stephen A. Smith. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Danny Green, yeah. Danny Green. Yeah. Danny Green, man, he, Danny Green is, is, a, is a player, man. He is a player, but right now, what he's doing right now, mm-hmm. like, I've watched several of their games, and I don't think I've seen him make a bad play yet. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's, <laughs> he's not a throw into a trade. He's just that's just not what you do. But I just, I don't know. And the other thing is, do you think Serge is going to be this good all year? Uh, you know, I'm. It feels like Serge has been playing in the league forever. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I, how old is this guy? Honestly, um, no, <laughs> no one knows. No one knows. Uh, he, I don't know. Honestly. I feel like at some point he's going to break down um, mm-hmm. as far as the I – just, I just don't know. Well, we're going to see – It will be seen. I think we're going to see if he breaks down because, you know, Valanciunas is out for four weeks. Yeah, that would be interesting to so, see. So, and it's not – and, like, I don't think that they can move Siakam to the five. I don't think he's going to be effective. Mm-hmm. And Serge is going to have to go against a lot of well, bigger bodies, and that's a lot of wear and tear on him. So, I don't know. I, I think a lot of things will shape up. Coming in to you know, at, like every year after after Christmas, yeah, things come into shape. I think you'll see the the teams really you know sift through Boston and Toronto rise to the top. I think that's probably what happened to Boston, Toronto, 
and Philadelphia all rise to the top. And then all below that, they'll sort it'll sort itself out. And basically, it'll just be those three who are really fighting for the top. Well, see, my thing is, and I, I've been telling people for a little while, I'm I'm still concerned because I think that we need big, we need a big man death. And the longest, longer that we allow teams, uh, Washington teams that should be selling to mm-hmm. hang around, start getting good, then they're not going to get rid of their guys. Yeah, I, I've said this before. The Sixers need Markeith Morris. The reason why I say that is if, first of all, the Sixers are are thin at big men. So the Sixers need a big man. Um, and by getting a big man, they will, A, help their lineup because that's an instant starter for you. Yeah. But you need a big man who can shoot. If you look at the, um, if you look at the three-point percentages of every big man in the NBA, mm-hmm. Markeith Morris is the first one that you get to where you can say, you know, I can see the team trading, getting rid of him. Wow. He's making eight point something million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. His contract expires at the end of the year, so it doesn't mess you up for your future plans. Yeah. Um, you're going to have to, like, you're going to have to make the contracts work, which is always tricky because the only person that really makes the same money as him is um, good old Markel Fultz. Oh, <laughs> but we're not going to get on that. Um, I was actually reading an article about Fultz about the other guy who had that same injury. Um, but here we go. You know that's something <laughs> to talk about later. Um, but so that's the only thing. But mm-hmm. I don't think Washington's it. Washington doesn't need any more guards. Um, <laughs> they definitely don't need a guard that's from DC. No, they don't. Um, I'm surprised they didn't get rid of one this past trade. They honestly. can't. They can't. That's right. There is no way you could get rid of um, John Wall. There is no way. Like, the people keep saying, get rid of John Wall. First of all, Washington will have to pay $20 million to John Wall. Mm -hmm. Then the team that has to acquire John Wall would be on the hook for five years, $210 million. I don't think you heard me. Five years... Two hundred and ten million dollars to John Wall. I don't remember the last time John Wall has played seventy-five games in a season. <laughs> so just you know, when you think of, hey, can they get? Nope, nope, nope. They can't get rid of. Them. Well, I'm not saying they should, but a, a lot of people are, are talking about you know, especially last season and you know, early this season, talking about all the the relationships and the. The uh, the heated arguments they've been having among players on that team and some somebody had to go. Um, to me, Ubre getting rid of Ubre is, is is not the best idea. To me, to me he's he's a, he's a you know decent player. But he's Austin a mental Rivers, case. of course had to go. He's a mental case. He is a mental case, but I mean there's it's probably a couple it, other mental it cases. Does, on that yeah, team. It doesn't help that you have that mental case. Speaking of Kelly Ubre, let's talk about the trade. First yeah. big trade. Um, there was a lot of nonsense that went with it because they fumbled the trade on um, on um, Friday night. Obviously, they couldn't finalize it to Saturday, but they fumbled it up. Um, Memphis ended up backing out completely. Then let's talk about the trade. Yes. So we have Kelly Oubre and Austin Rivers um, going to Phoenix for Trevor Ariza. Now... Um, 
for let's start with Washington because Washington has the most to quote unquote gain or lose. Phoenix isn't doing anything. Mm-hmm. What Washington gets is a veteran, a veteran that has won a championship, that has been on contending teams, mm-hmm. that knows how to do the right things. But let's also talk about the fact that Trevor Reeser signed that um, contract this offseason and decided that he was not going to play one actual game for (laughs) Phoenix because he decided that he was going to take um, score two, three points a game and not do much with that team. So he's not, you know, a a jail guy that everybody wants to make him out to be because he decided a long time ago he wasn't going to play, nor was he going to mentor. He wasn't going to do nothing. He was going to cash that check. Yeah. Kelly Oubre to me has always seemed like a mount. I mean, like a a, a mental case. He's yeah. always going to shoot the wild three when you don't need it. He's always going to make the bad decision. Austin Rivers, come on, man. If, I, you come don't got to prove anything to me. I understand. I, I mean, Austin Rivers is just like. Shouldn't even be the league. No. Thank you. Should yeah. he, you know, like my, here's my thing about Austin Rivers. If you want to be that bad, be a good defensive player. <laughs> like, like have a niche. Be the, you know what? Be Kent Bazemore. Have all the dap in the world. Like when your teammates come off the court, give them all the dap, all <laughs> the hand motions, you know, the jumping, you know, do all that. Because you know why? That makes Kent Bazemore a glue guy. Because they be like, you can't trade the dap master. Who we going dap with? You know, but with Austin Rivers, is like, dude, your dad got you your money. Your dad got you all this, you know, got got you. I mean, it wasn't until your dad didn't have the decision to keep you that you actually got traded. Yeah. And then you came to this team talking like you have been, you were part of the foundation of this team. Come on, man. Just go, go sit down. Like, you know, go to the other end of the bench. You know, it, it's just, he's not that good. He's really team. not. Yeah. But I think I don't think that this trade moves the needle for any one of these teams. No. Um, I think that at the end of the day, they're both is is going to be fool's gold for both of them. Mm-hmm. They're both going to sit there and think they're getting that. Well, I don't think Phoenix is trying to be good ever. So um, <laughs> Phoenix, you know, everybody, you you got twenty nine teams trying to win, and Phoenix trying to um, trying to run a profitable business. You know, that's so, what it comes so, down so to. So you mean to tell me they're trying to act like Philly before they? Unlike Tim Bede's potential. No, 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 no. Let me make something clear. <laughs> Philly was trying to scam the system mm-hmm. by stocking up on first round draft picks. Right. Phoenix and the and like um and since the owner has owned the team, mm-hmm. has sold two first round draft picks and a second round draft picks for the most amount of money that you're allowed to sell a pick for, which I think is like three and a half million dollars. That's not trying to get better. That's trying to put money in your bank account. Well. At least the Sixers were drafting the guys. We're paying guys that we really don't want to pay. Oh. Uh, <laughs> this is outrageous. I'm going to roll through these. Look at this. Phoenix. You got Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton on this team. And Trevor Reza. And you've only won five games. Well, first of all, Reza's well, Devin Booker hasn't been, hurt, hasn't been healthy all year. Yeah. But... My issue is DeAndre Ayton doesn't play defense, so you it, you have a big void. You have a like that the one true. thing that you can get a young team to do is hustle and play defense. When you keep drafting guys who's about buckets and don't play defense at all, then you're just going to end up with losing teams because they're not good enough to outscore anybody. 
Yeah. You know, that's why I love what Memphis does. <laughs> Memphis is like, nah, we're going to grind it down. We don't have the talent to run down this court and score 140 points. We're going to grind you down to 95. Yep. And it's going to frustrate those teams that want to run. True. So, um, I I just don't like because they should have got Luca. Everybody knows they should have got Luca. But Luca is so good. Yeah, but so good. <laughs> yes, and it's, Dude, it's so funny because it's easy for him too. People, if you if you watch him when he because he was playing professionally in what Spain, but it's think guys it's got burnt different. before. Yeah, it, it's different. But he was roasting guys. But here's the thing: the last yeah. person that they got hype hype about, yeah, was um which we call it um point guard of uh, Ricky Rubio. Remember, we all saw him at the Olympic and how he cooked the U.S. Yeah, team. Yeah. And it was like, oh, snap. We ha- we got to come back to this. We got to come back to the Euros. And they brought Ricky Rubio over. And they even waited a year to get Ricky Rubio. Yeah. And then they were like, Rubio's coming. Ru- <laughs> and we got Ricky Rubio. He has good hair. He has very good hair. He has great hair. He has amazing hair. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a good basketball game. Like he doesn't play basketball very well, but great hair. Well, no, he he's I mean, good he is, for what he is. Yeah, he, for what he is, he, he's good. But he's not the hype that we were expecting. No, when, yeah, and that's the all. problem. So what happens is every time there's a guy like that, yeah. you get a Drazen Petrovic, and we're like, oh, then we get a bum. Uh-huh. Then we get another good guy. Well, then we get a bum, and then we get you know, um, and now we got Luca, which is going to start a whole chain of people getting euros. Well, he, he looked like just from like you know watching him play, like he was he was playing NBA ball in yeah, the Euros. Yeah, he, he's he playing. He was playing James Harden's game in in which yeah. you call, except with except the he does other fouls. things. Yeah, and he actually <laughs> plays defense. Yeah, right. I mean, wow. But um, just you know, that's going to be it for today. We wanted to bring it to an end because you know the big thing is that because we're doing two day, two nights a week, we just want to make sure we hit you about twenty minutes each time. This is Corey, and as always, I'm going to come in with the dirty work at the end of the podcast. We wanted to ask you to please subscribe and rate the podcast because it helps people find the show. Also, if possible, please visit the website gigpodcasting.network for additional info about the family of podcasts. If you would like to support the podcast, check the show notes and click the link. If you can't directly support the podcast, feel free to go to gigpodcasting.network and use our affiliate links to shop as you would normally shop. Our partners have been gracious enough to support us. Please show your support for us by supporting them. 